Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Welcome, everybody, to the Potoskew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero life mate, Rico. Hey, guys. How are you? And with us also is our showrunner, PR manager, mother hen in the best possible way. The, the person who keeps Rico and I in check, and God knows we need that, <laughs> Stephanie. Hey, Steph. Hi. Hi, everybody. <laughs> So, um, what's happening this week is something a little bit different. I have no idea what we're talking about, and I'm excited about it. I have had the week from hell between work and home life, so I basically threw it direct Rico and Steph and said, "I just pick some shit and we'll talk about it." So I have no idea what's coming, and I'm kind of excited about that. But before we get there, as everybody knows, I listen to all of our episodes multiple times from a quality control and um, editing perspective. And I was listening to the um, Batman episode and realized there was something I didn't share when we were talking about it. I wanted to share it with the two of you guys, get your perspective, and then we'll move on to whatever you guys have, and I will back off. So this is something I found two, three years ago, maybe four at this point, but it is something I know. Steph, you'll definitely appreciate, Rico, but I think you'll dig it too. So uh, we're going to play this in its entirety, and then I will give it its credits after.
So, wow. Yeah, right? How cool is that? Pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, thank you. That's a thing called Batman Evolution by the Piano Guys, and you can find that on their Wonders album, um, which I have. And then it's also, as you guys can see on the screen there, at thepianoguys.com. And I suggest anyone who's into like cello music and piano music, if you want something a little more contemporary, that's a good thing to check out. And they've got a whole bunch of different albums that don't have anything to do with like Batman or anything. It's just, just other music, but they're, they're really good musicians. So highly suggest you guys check that out. But I, it actually popped up because I have it on my, like I said, the album and it popped up in my car yesterday on the way home. And I was like, Oh shit, I didn't play this for Rico. So <laughs> I figured I uh, should, uh, do that. Speaking of the Batman episode, for those yeah. who didn't listen uh, to the previous episode, I think I laughed the hardest at the damn it at the end of that of that, our last episode. And I oh. want to point out, I'm not sure if our listeners listen to the whole episode through, because if you're not, you are missing some serious fucking gold. Thank CJ you. does a thing at the end where in our first uh, pilot attempt. No, that was I the first I... episode. It wasn't the pilot. It was the actual first episode. It was the first episode? Yep. So, I think I dropped something or something mm. and I said, damn it. No. no. Alright, you you know what the I, I do because it makes me laugh every time I think about it. We were... We were recording going on and on and on and on about Star Wars as we do and we decided to cut it like we were done and you and I were sitting there talking just shooting this shit about how it went this that and the third and I realized I never stopped the recorder and I said Rico we're still recording and you went damn it and I when I went back to edit that was isolated so well that it was like this is gold I need this for stuff so, so, so since then, <laughs> at the end of ninety nine percent of the episodes, every there's one you didn't do. No, I I think it's every episode. I don't think we've missed. But one. there's a, there's a couple where you've just said I got nothing. I well, yeah, well, what I've said, but that's a Kev Smith thing. That's from Clerks Two for those who know yeah. our history. But yeah, but that. The damn it's still there. After I got nothing, so, you still yell, damn it. <laughs> so he incorporates me saying, damn it, with like a clip of whatever the topic we talked about. Like last one was The Dark Knight. And so I, I'm blanking on what it was. I remember I laughed my fucking ass uh, off, but it was like. No, it's. No, uh, it was. It was um, the Joker. I, yeah, he's he's sitting there and saying, his, I, "Yeah, his, I think we're when he destined. was talking to Batman, mm -hmm. and he says that we're going to be doing this forever." And then I said, "Damn it!" So he, right. he, you're missing like basically the the post credit scene for every episode. If you're and not hearing it the is, damn it, yeah. If you if you if you want a little like one final laugh, it is worth uh, listening to. Well, thank you, Rico. I appreciate that. And actually, you know what? I liked how you called it a post-credit scene. I think that's exactly what that is, and that's a good title for it. So, thank you. Um, it, it's a, a post-credit. Damn it. Yeah, post-credit scene. So, anyway, yeah. So that's that. But I, I wanted to play you that Batman Evolution thing. I thought you would like that, Rico, especially uh, the way they work the cars in, as well as the uh, the music. 
And then, Steph, to you, how seamlessly they bring the three together, I thought, was something you would appreciate. Yeah, and you know, and I think that the music best represents the evolution of how we have seen Batman in right. the public eye. So yeah. when it first began, it was very tongue-in-cheek, it was very straightforward, the melody was straightforward. Um, and then when it was revamped in the late 80s, 90s, they gave it energy, they gave it pizzazz, they gave it like a score, they made it feel more movie, more grand. And then in this latest version with the, uh, the Dark Knight series, it was like a complete detachment of the old series. So yes, there are elements of Batman, but it's not the same story that we've known. And right. yes, there are elements of the original theme, but it's not the same theme that we know. And I think each phase of how Batman's been presented to the public has been best represented in its version of the of the main theme. So and, that was really cool to see that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly why Stephanie is the most eloquent member of the Potescu family. <laughs> um, but no, you're absolutely right. And the only the only thing I would say, there's two things I would say. Number one, it, for those keeping track, this came out before. Batman versus Superman, so before Batfleck. So there's this was created before there was that version of Batman on the screen. And then, Rico, I think you would agree with me that this is not necessarily criticism, but I would like to have them try to incorporate the animated series in some capacity into that. That's the only thing that they weren't able to do. Now, I think the concept is doing live action only which makes sense and that's why they didn't but it would have from an evolution perspective i think the animated series would have been a good to fit it in somewhere where it belongs well the animated series theme is the same as the danny elfman 89 theme oh that's true yeah that's true okay. so they yeah, they did i mean in a, in, a, in a i was surprised they didn't throw in like the uh the schumacher films because those are different uh, movie themes as well it's not danny elfman no? Okay. I was going to ask you about that because I wasn't certain. Well, maybe they just hate him as much as the rest of us, and that's why they left him out. I, I, think, I think Danny Elfman was like, I'm not like, like Tim, Tim Burton's gone. Why the fuck am I doing this? Sure, like, sure. You know, well, you know, let, me, let me back the fuck up. Um, that being said, speaking of music, yeah. tomorrow I'm going to a concert. I'm going to go oh. see Nine Inch Nails. I was going to ask you about that because I wasn't sure. You never told me the date. You told me it was coming up, but you didn't give me a date. I've been wondering when that was. It's tomorrow. Nice. Um, so it is, uh, yeah, like six months ago, Michael like said, dude, you want to go see Nine Channels? I'm like, fuck yeah, because I think Trent Reznor keeps like saying he's, this is going to be his final concert and he's going to do his final tour and then like he does another one and so on and so forth. Like, well, I mean, and it's I, not I like mean, he needs the money at this point. He works for Apple, for fuck's sake. Not to mention he's been doing a lot of movie scores. So exactly. He's, he's doing, I mean, the, the guy's got a fucking Oscar. He doesn't, I mean, he's oh, doing this right. he wants to do. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird to say Trent Reznor has an Oscar? No, it's a little weirder to say Eminem has one, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but that's weirder for me to say than Trent Reznor. I'll give you that. No, I love um, Lose so yeah. Yourself. Don't get me wrong. I love that song. So I don't think I think it was worthy of the Oscar, but it's still weird to say Eminem Oscar winner. So So tomorrow I'm gonna go see I'm gonna go to a Nice Shields concert. But I've been sick for like the past 
I mean, I've been sick for like the past couple weeks, but this week I've had a migraine and then the week before I had like the flu. So I'm really like low energy, which is why I'm not super vocal like I normally am on our episodes. Um, so I'm kind of apprehensive about like, oh, yeah, let's let's take someone with a fucking really bad debilitating headache, put them in a, a crowded area with like a ton of fucking loud music this I'm, I'm excited but i'm like i really hope i don't like throw up in front of everybody ass you'll look like half the drunks that are probably there anyway i wouldn't worry about it i think i just might want to get myself drunk so that like at least if i if when the alcohol wears off i'll be like well it's just a hangover it's not a migraine there you and go then I'm throwing up everybody else. lucky you steph you'll have you'll be there to pick up the pieces <laughs> <laughs> she's, been, she's been already doing that. She's she's been picking up the pieces for the past couple of weeks. Sure. So, real quick before we get into whatever you guys have planned, do you have a favorite nail song or just a, more of a casual fan? Uh, for Nice Nails, yeah. Um, I really love uh, Closer. Is I think Closer was the first one that I was uh, like when Michael introduced Nice Nails to me. I think that I, I've always said like it just needs one more like verse because it like there's, there's tons of lyrics and then just music for like another four minutes or like God just one more one I mean uh, one more fucking little bit of lyric that'd be great um, so I love closer um, do, you, do you remember that I sent you that podcast pilot that never went out not our show but that that other um sex talk show that i was a part of briefly i sent you that didn't i yeah the original opening theme that i created before they asked me to do the one that you heard actually had the line from closer where he goes i want to fuck you like an animal because the, the show was meant to be like this hardcore sex talk type thing so i felt that was appropriate you know for the what we were doing but um, it works yeah my personal favorite the, you, you definitely picked a hit and i'm gonna pick one too i'm not gonna lie because i'm not a you know like a deep cuts nine inch nails guy myself but and if my old show co-host was here she would be able to talk for hours because she loved the nails but i i'm gonna have actually a head head like a hole is probably my personal favorite nail song. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, I can understand that. I also That's like, a good one. I also, I also like uh, Heresy. Heresy's okay. Yeah, March of the Pigs is pretty good too, to be honest with you. But that's we're getting off onto a thing, and you, I know you guys have. I am becoming. <laughs> there you go. I like the becoming song. That one's my favorite. All right. I do have a spot for Hurt. I mean. Hurts, uh, is, but doesn't everybody like that's ugh, yeah that's a that's a given. But I, I also <laughs> think jo- Johnny Cash's version has somewhat eclipsed Nine Inch Nails's version. Oh, it's not yeah. somewhat. <laughs> it it has. There's no somewhat about that. Even Trent Reznor has said that he wishes he that just Johnny Cash had done it, and not him. <laughs> I mean, I think I saw like some some like. Uh, comments on youtube or something where it was like when it was the original version where he's like playing on the piano and they're like man this guy owes uh, johnny cash a lot of money and everyone's like you're a fucking idiot well yeah <laughs> the the funny part about that is and and people out there in the world tweet me at, at m underscore blade and tell me if i'm wrong but i think 
Reznor's refused to play it now. Like he won't play that song anymore because of well, I'll, Johnny Cash. I'll, I'll find. Well, yeah, I guess he'll find out tomorrow. But I mean, even I mean, as well as you know, not every band plays every song they have when they're in, you know, out on tour anyway. So he may not play it just because it may not be on the list. But that's why I'm calling out to our listeners too. Oh, we have a uh, confirmation about uh, Steph and I saw Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah, about an hour ago. Okay, there there is a Stanley cameo. I heard that. I'm glad. I'm glad that that's definitely happening. But I heard that was happening but, before. But he does. It, it, it is a non-verbal. He doesn't say anything. Hey, it's still there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's still Stan. One and, of the and, char- one of the characters bumps into him, and you you see you you know it's him, even though it's a caricature, and. It well, we were like t- we were holding hands at that point. We're like, oh, it's Stan. <laughs> did it? Uh, it's did it look like they took just basically picked the thing up from Big Hero Six and dropped it in the Ralph, or or was it different? No, it looks like um, it looks like no, one no, of those no, emojis, like, like like an um avatar from like the Wii U okay. or something like that. Okay, so it looks oh, like well, a they, the character. The, the the internet in the film, each person has a caricature representation of themselves. So everyone who is using the internet, the you know, there's your human self and then there's your internet self. And I think the internet avatar looks a lot like the um, pops, except the eyes are normal, like or normal or small sized rather than extra gotcha. large. So it's yeah, but they're. I, I loved everything about the movie. It far surpassed the first one. So it's basically it was really fun. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. It's basically Ralph enters the Oasis. That's what it sounds like. If everyone's on, um, if everyone has a character. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, it's it's that on a very small level, but it, it, it expands on that. Like, gotcha. You, I mean, when, when we were watching it, I was like. The only thing that's really missing from the internet is like stock films and porn. If this was like not a Disney movie, right? It would be right. full of porn. Where like <laughs> Ralph was like, "Oh, what's this?" He's like, "Oh God, I'm gonna wreck it." Oh dear God! I mean, there's even yeah, that gives new meaning to the to word like "wreck it." Ralph, web. it was it was really funny. There was a whole scene with Disney princesses that now I'm like, I just want a spinoff movie of the Disney princesses. There's mm-hmm. talk of that, actually. That was a question on the last movies movie fight. They they said if they were to do that, what what princesses would you want in the movie, and what would they be doing? And they that was one of the movie fight things. I, I want them all. There's one part with Cinderella, like there, like when fucking uh, Vanellope, played by uh, Sarah Silverman, shows up. Yeah, they all kind of like like they're about to attack her. Cinderella pulls out her glass slipper, breaks it. Like it's a broken bottle and like extends it all threateningly. Like, who, who's this? Like, she takes her glass slipper and makes it into a fucking like shiv. That's fucking yeah. crazy. All well, of them go into attack mode. Like, it, all of the princesses were there Tangled, Mulan, uh, it, like all of them. It was, it was hilarious. The last thing I'll ask you because I don't want to ruin anything on the, uh, the movie, there's no spoilers or whatever, because I want to see it, and plus it just came out, if I recall, or not that long ago anyway. So, um, And Rico, if you want me to cut this part out, I will, but you went with your nephews, if I understood correctly. How did they like it? 
Um, they, I was, this is, I think this is the first time I went and saw a movie with them. And the only other time I've heard of how they were at a movie viewing experience at a theater yeah. was they would see the Incredibles too. And I guess I would still haven't seen the Incredibles too, but I guess the first five minutes is real loud and like yes. explosions in their face and everything. Yeah. So my nephews apparently got really scared and like they had to leave. Um, but they were, they were good. They were good for this one. It, it wasn't just us. It was like, it, w- it wasn't a full theater, but there were a lot of other kids screaming and talking and having sure. fun. Um, but they, they his, liked it. I think the youngest his nephews one, are, are his nephews are pretty young. So okay. I have a feeling that um, there is this whole side of the film that they just don't understand because they sure. don't have context of the digital era. Right. Like they, there's just so much that adults will appreciate where kids just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, I got it. I mean, a couple of times, Izzy kept saying, kept saying it's magic. Like he, he just looks at this as like it's a magical world. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though, like, he watches TV a decent amount, he's got it. He knows how to work a tablet. He knows how to work a phone. So he understands the technical part of it. And this, like, I press this button, I get what I want. Right. But he was at, this, at the uh, ceiling, and they they, they decorated little stars in the ceiling mm. of the movie theater. And he's just looking at it like it's all magic. Um, I think the youngest one um, freaked out a little bit at the opening trailers because it's Disney. So they they had a trailer for the new live action Aladdin, and there's shows that interpretation of the Cave of Wonders with the who disturbed my slumber yeah. like, and I think I think my young the youngest one was a little freaked out from that. And to be fair, to be fair, there is a part for that actually kind of was scary, like the big bad of the villain movie yeah. type character. It's kind of fucking scary if you're like five or five years or younger. So I was kind of worried for them because I was kind of like, this is, this is pretty fucking scary. And when you're, as an adult, you're watching, you're like, you're thinking like, this is, this is like hitting like real fundamental and like existential fucking issues as a human being (laughs) kind of illness. And I'm kind of like, holy shit, Disney's not holding back. And I'm looking at like Izzy and Vinny. I'm like worried for them. <laughs> like this is this is like I hope this doesn't fuck them up in the in the meantime. All right, Steph. At this point, I think we should take over. Wait, this is now your. I just have one quick comment because you mentioned you haven't seen The Incredibles two, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you. But ironically, we just watched it this morning because we have it on oh. we have it on disc, and I can tell you the beginning. Do you remember the end of the first one? You've seen the first one, I'm sure. Yeah, the uh, the underminer. It literally picks up with the underminer breaking through the street. Cool. That's exactly where the first, the second one picks up. So that's the loud parts you were talking about with your your nephews getting scared because underminer breaks through and tries to destroy the city. There's a big whole action scene. Se recomienda las dosis de refuerzo de la vacuna contra el COVID-19 para ciertas personas. Para más información visita vaccinate.virginia.gov o llama al 877-829-4682. Mensaje del Departamento de Salud de Virginia. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator. 
and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Gwen's to start the movie off. On another little tangent, because this this episode really is kind of just whatever the fuck. We just talk about whatever. (laughs) Steph and I have our own little little section we're going to talk about. Whatever the fuck. We should call it that. Just call it whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a. I have a. One of my perks of my job is I have some of the coolest customers. One of them is an animator for Disney and Pixar. You've talked about that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, this, I was working in the night. Steph was working with me because I was just really fucking useless. And this guy came in. His name is Doug Frankel. I mean, if, if I'm putting his name out there and it's a bad thing, oh, well. This guy is amazing. He's one of my all-time favorite customers. And he came in and he said, do you have a National Lampoon's Christmas story? A Christmas, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Sorry. And um, I said, uh, yeah. What? Every time he comes in, he is always getting something that will help inspire the work he has to do. So... He's come in before Incredibles and, and before this and before that and other other shit he's done. And he's like, I need a movie with like kids. I need to like really kind of see dynamic between kids. I'm like, well, you should get this, you should get this, you should get this. So when he came in, I said, All right, well, what's your homework today? He said, Oh, I'm just getting National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. I said, Why? And then he said, uh, well, I'm in it. He said, what? He said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 in the opening credits. And I'm like, in what way? He's like there's an animated Santa Claus, and it shows Santa opening up the the good list as he's about to deliver presents. And I, my name is right in the middle. It says Frankel right in the middle. And I'm like, I said, bullshit. If you're, I was like, we're putting this movie on the big screen right now, and I'm going to see if you're if you're telling me the truth. If you're telling me the Haven't truth, you, you learned to stop saying bullshit to people to come into your store. Because that's exactly how you got in trouble with that director's <laughs> brother. You told him bullshit, too, and he whipped out a license and kind of shoved it up your ass. Yeah, and it makes amazing stories. So I'm going to well, call bullshit on things like that. That's true. Oh, I, I knew name? he was telling the truth. I, uh, you know, no, who the fuck would make that up? Well, yeah. What's this guy's name again? Doug Frankel. I did, what's Douglas the, Frankel. What is it? Douglas Frankel. Okay. Doug Frankel. FR, like Frankel, but I think with an. No, I LPM. got it. You just kept breaking yeah. up. <laughs> this dude, and I honestly, like, Steph and I were kind of geeking out, and because this dude, like, was the animator for Scar, The Lion King. Like, that was his department. It was, it was his job to make Jeremy Irons look like a fucking lion. Well, he and worked. it worked. <laughs> it fucking worked. And I mean, he's worked on The Incredibles, he's worked on all sorts of shit. And, um,. He, I mean, obviously for legal reasons, he can't tell me what his next projects are. I said, but I always kind of nudge him like, so what's the next one? What are you going to do? He said, oh, uh, well, there's Toy Story 4. And I'm like, yeah, can I ask you a question? He's like, sure. I'm like, why? Why are you making Toy Why is there another Toy Story? He's like, oh, and he's just laughed because he got it. He's like, I get it. You know, everyone loved the third one. Everyone thinks it's the perfect ending. But, you know, and I was like, I don't, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll see Toy Story 4, 5, and 6, but where's my goddamn Bugs Life 2, man? And he looked at it like, oh, really? This is what the people want? I'm like, yeah, 
go tell John Lasseter. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, maybe not John Lasseter. Now's not the time to talk to John Lasseter. <laughs> and we all burst out laughing. I'm just like, oh, shit, that's me putting my foot in my fucking mouth. He's, so, he's yeah. worked on quite a few that I really enjoy, to be honest with you. Oh, the, the one where Steph was geeking out is he did Fern Gully. Yeah. yeah, and I'll talk more about that later because that's part of our episode. Okay. I, um, I'm looking at this right now. But he's, he's definitely one of my favorite, Ratatouille. I love that movie. Yeah, dude, he, he's done some great shit. He, he is, I mean, he really shaped our childhood. Like, and it's yeah. so bizarre that, like, my job just bumped into a guy that, like, like literally Scar was my favorite villain. He was my favorite. You know, Lion King was my, one of my favorite, favorite movies when I was a kid. So seeing that numerous times and have, and then bumping into the guy who was responsible for enthralling and terrifying me as a child was fucking amazing. Well, if, um, I, and so, if I recall, isn't Pixar like down the road from you guys? Yeah. So yeah. Pixar is a, is a stone's throw. So I mean, I mean, we do have animators and I mean, shit, dude, Pete Doctor is one of my customers. Pete Ooh. Doctor who directed... Inside Out. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. I think you've That's, talked about that. He's one of the heads of... Uh, he's one of the head uh, Pixar directors. So, I mean, his daughter came in a couple times. So I'm like, oh, doctor. I know I know, this, I know this name. And then I'm like, okay. And then he came in. And that... I, I didn't say anything to him. I just did my usual, like, oh, okay, bye, bye, guys. Thanks, you know, for coming in. And I'm looking at him. And he's looking at me. And we're both looking at each other, and we both know that, like, he knows that I know who he fucking is, and I'm really trying hard not to, like, geek out and be like, dude, Inside Out fucking changed my life, made me cry harder than anything. I've never cried in a single movie until I saw Inside Out, and now I'm crying in every fucking movie. I cried in Insidious 3. What the fuck did you do to me? I didn't say any of that shit. So my job is free. <laughs> I think... I but think he could, it, but he could read it in your eyes, <laughs> or he heard it on the podcast because I think you told that before. I think you told that same story before. Yeah, but I haven't, I haven't told him. I mean, I'm waiting for the possibility of him coming in and be like, "Hey, man, I, you got a minute? I really need to like give you a hug." I heard this thing <laughs> on the internet where you said that I make you cry at every movie now. <laughs> Which, by the way. Fuck that you're crying. He's listening to the show is much more important. So I'm just saying if that's what comes out of it. So. Right. Anyway. So what do you guys have planned for us? What What am I in for? Okay. So um, we had been chatting in group chat about, you know, what should be our next topic for this this recording that we're doing today. And I had thrown out three different ideas, three different genres. And you guys are like, well, we can't choose. And so I said, well, um, I gave my priority list. And then Rico said, let's do all of them. So we're going to just do all of them. We're all over the board today. Oh, great. Fuck it. Let's do it all. Okay. Fuck it. You're like, it's not like we don't talk for hours. (laughs) Sure. That's very true. You know, so um, by the way, Steph. Our listeners, this could be a little. Uh, you guys can participate. Obviously, you can't participate with us on the air, but when we ask the question, then you can think of it your, your own answer. It's like therapy, except we don't get we don't get paid. Go ahead, Steph. What's what's our first question topic thing? 
So our first topic is uh, games. It doesn't matter what platform that you like to play. But my question is, are you the type of person who would rather play an alternate history game? So an alternate history would be something like Wolfenstein mm. or uh, something that's sci-fi future like Halo. If you're at the store and you only have enough money for one game, what is the genre you're going to go to? Alternate history or sci-fi future? Okay, well, I know my answer, dude, so... Go for it. For... <sighs> I like them both, to be honest with you, but if I'm forced to pick one, I, I will tell you that probably the the alternate history, and I say that because up until the last two games, I've been a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed series. So, well, and those are definitely an alternate history, kind of, I guess, Steph? I mean, are you familiar with those games? Because you're... I'm, I am all over Assassin's Creed. I love that series, too. Okay, because <laughs> it runs congruent with history and then throws its own little, like, curveballs. So I don't know if that... Does that fit into your category of alternate history, do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I love those, especially the Ezio um, trilogy from the 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 PlayStation 3, Xbox 360 era. Um, probably the best... are some of the best ones, although the... the my favorite, I think... See, my favorite has changed as different games have come out from that series. Because for a long time, it was Assassin's Creed 3, the one in America during the Revolutionary War. I really mm -hmm. enjoyed that one. I know a lot of other people didn't like it, but I loved being able to run around and talk to George Washington and Ben Franklin and being, you know, at the tea party dumping and all that kind of stuff. Like, for those not familiar with the game, at one point you're part of the tea party or the Sons of Liberty and dumping tea into the harbor from the Boston Tea Party, which is a real thing. Another thing that you do is you you actually drive's not the right word, but you drive the horse that Paul Revere is riding on the back of to get to the chapel for the one if by land, two if by sea thing. So that being that close to American history like that is really intriguing to me. And then also that I live near Philadelphia. At one point, you're in Philadelphia downtown, so it's neat to see it from that perspective too because I can go and stand next to the building that you're you know, climbing to the top of. But then mm -hmm. they come up with these other ones, and I love Syndicate, which is the twins from the Revolutionary, um, um, the, uh, not the Revolutionary War, the, um, Industrial Revolution in England from that era, and that's so much fun with those twins, and, like, at one point, you climb to the top of Big Ben, and you're just looking around London. And it's just fine. And I've always had a, a love affair with London. I've wanted to go to London for as long as I can remember. So, anyway, I'm rambling. That's but, the whole part no. of the show. No, I, yeah, yeah, but I'm really <laughs> rambling. Because um, it's just me talking. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, so I, uh, that, if I have to pick, going back to your question, I, I, because the Assassin's Creed series exists, if I didn't already own all of them, because I do, that would be the way I would go. Okay, that's a valid point. What about if I can, would you choose? If I can jump in, I I would um I agree with CJ. I hmm. I would do the alternate history 
Um, I was, I'm really not overly a huge sci-fi guy. Like Halo is a fucking fun game. Um, and I, and you know, Star Wars is for me, I don't really particularly view it as sci-fi, which is weird because it's the, one of the ultimate sci-fi movies or, or sagas, but I'm not really into like Blade Runner or Star Trek or, or uh, Battlestar Galactica. I was really never into that world. I was never into reading science fiction books or, I mean, I guess the most sci-fi thing was like, you know, some elements they throw in like Marvel or something like that, like the radioactive right. spider or the technological shit. But sci-fi was never really my jam. I was really, um, I do like history and I do like a twist on history. Um, and, and Assassin's Creed especially sets that staple because you're not only are you following history and playing through history, you're learning about history, which is sort of a little thing that no one really talks about is that it's kind of an educational fucking video game. But that would yeah. be my mm -hmm. go-to. What I appreciate is... Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Like an alternate form of history is something like Undead Nightmare for Red Dead Redemption, which we talked about we recently. Have. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Twice, actually. And I, yeah, so I'm not a fan of the Western genre either. But I do love if you take a moment of history and then throw something completely random into it, like zombies and cowboys. Or if you had pirates and aliens or some random shit like that, that's a game I could get fucking into. There was a game, it's a flash game, and I think it's called um shit, what is it? It's called uh Evolution of War or Oh something like that. No, no, no. Are you talking about um clone evolution? No. It's no, it's okay. um it's a very basic flash game, but for some reason it was always no, it's not that. Okay. It was super um very Cause that's supposed to be that, was, that right there is Abraham Lincoln with two fucking revolvers. Just well, Booth better watch the fuck out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I never tell a lie and I never miss. Um, there's so the game was is you start out as caveman and it's just a side scroller flash game. And you know, you each have a base on what on you have your base. And the other enemy has their base, and you are sending fleets of cavemen over. It's and a tower they, defense you know, game. Each time they kill someone, what? It's a tower defense game. That's what those are. The yeah, right. So well, it's, it's, it's like one of those types table? of game. But over, no, it's it's not 
turn-based. It's it's you're you're constantly trying to send swarms as much as they're sw- sending swarms over to you to attack your base. Okay. And but you can uh, you evolve. So it, we start as the caveman, and then when you get enough experience, enough um, points and shit, you evolve to like the medieval era. Then after that, you get to the 18th century, and then you get to modern day warfare. We're sitting along tanks and fucking dudes with AK-47s. And then you get into the future. So at one point, you literally can be fighting as like guerrilla warfare up against like 17th century muskets. And I love that blend of random yeah. history groups thrust into fighting each other. I, I would love to see a game that I could afford to play where you are a fucking pirate fighting a fucking cowboy. And then, like, out of nowhere comes a fucking, uh, you know, sergeant from Vietnam. And then, all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, a goddamn, like, futuristic in the year 7002, you know, uh, giant fucking, you know, iron giant exoskeleton thing comes out of nowhere. And that's a dude and like, an alien. I want to see that fucking game. I want to see history thrust together. We are like, well, fuck it. Let's see what the hell we're going to do today. So that's that, my answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and well, Steph, I'll let you answer because Rico, your answer inspired me to think about another series that I've actually played, but I'll let Steph answer hers first because I, in case I steal her thunder. Okay. So doing games such as uh, the PS or Xbox was not what I grew up with. I didn't start playing until I hit college. And I was hanging out with my cousin at his house, and that was the way we would unwind before we would get back to doing study study time. So for me, he um, he got me into the Assassin series, and I loved it. And don't get me wrong, it's it. I love the Ezio trilogy, and it is definitely like one of my favorite puzzle type games to play. But my go to is always going to be Future, and the. And it's because my mind does not remember rote memory things. So mm. I've always struggled with history, which re- requires that you remember names and places and dates and how things are, you know, happened in the past. It's all sequential. You need to remember this crap. And it's like my brain does not work that way. It's more fluid. It doesn't remember specifics. So... History has always been a struggle for me. And then when you add fiction to history, it's like, fuck, (laughs) I'm screwed. (laughs) Like, I, so, you know, when we were watching the Marvel series, my least favorite is Captain America because they do that spin on history. And I'm like, I fucking hate it. I absolutely despise it. (laughs) I'm all about believability. And so well, yeah. when I reach for when I reach for a game, I want to see how believable it is. When I jump into that new realm, that new world, that new universe, that new idea, do I become sub- completely submerged in it and lose my sense of self and become the character that I'm playing, or am I constantly reminded about things that are different and how it sh- that's not how it was, and then. Uh, it's like my gameplay time is constantly getting interrupted by spamware in my brain saying, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it ruins it for me. <laughs> I, 
You know, it's funny because one of the things I'm thinking as we're sitting here and we're all giving our answers is the one thing, because in case we have any gamers that listen to the show, um, I'm, I I think it's fair to say of the three of us, I'm the heaviest gamer. Is that is that fair to say? Oh, I think, I think, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay. Because um, I yeah. know we all play and I don't want to disrespect you guys anyway, but and and my immediate thought is that like we're talking about a very specific question you asked, Steph, and it was a great question, so this is not a criticism of the question or the topic, but the other thing that we have to take into consideration is the style of game. Like so like an Assassin's game, while it's also history twisting like you're talking about, it also is like a puzzler adventure game, whereas Halo is a run-and-gun shoot-type game, you know what I mean? And so you also have to take those into consideration, too, because I think the type of game will also impact whether you like the game or not. Your question definitely plays a major role, but I think the type of game, because if you were playing an Assassin's Creed-type game in the future, would you like it as much? Or or conversely, if it was a Halo-type game in the past, would it be, you know what I mean? No, I understand your question that the genre is not uh, only limited to the era. It's also the style of game. Correct. And I, th- I think it's important to take that into consideration when you're, you know, making choices. Like, that's probably why I went, and I didn't do it with that thought in mind, but that's probably why I went to Assassin's because I love that style of game. Um, mm-hmm. You guys being gamers, and, and Rico, you think you're more of an old school gamer than, than Steph, but there was a game... There was a remake of the Prince of Persia series from the original Tandy from the computer, which, Rico, you're way too young to remember. But, because they don't even... No, 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 that's not a shot at you, because I saw that you roll your roll your eyes there. But the Tandy computers haven't been made since, like, 1987. So they the game doesn't exist anymore. But they remade them. And it's not based on that Jake Gyllenhaal movie. It's, a, it's its own game. That movie's actually based on the remake of the series. And it's very Assassin's Creed-like. Now, that's pre-Assassin's Creed, but it's the same style of game. The same reason why I like Tomb Raider. Because that game, those games are very similar to the Assassin's Creed style of running and jumping and getting across things and solving puzzles. That's why I like Uncharted. Same idea. So, you know. And I'm getting blank stares. Okay. So. No, no, no. Uh, we were just letting you finish your thought. Um, I'm with you. I'm on board with, I like puzzler games than just straight up shoot 'em up. I'm not really, um, I, I like to do anything that's in third person view because I get really severely motion sick in first person. Okay. I mean, I, know people like geez, that. I get, I get motion sick driving myself. That's how severe my motion sickness can be. Well, that's so. fine. <laughs> yes. I love puzzler games. Um, but no, that was not part of my question. It doesn't really matter um, if it's a puzzler game in the past or the puzzler game in the future uh, or shoot them up in the past or future. I, I will always reach for a future game. Okay. So it doesn't matter what style of game so much as the, the, the I want to say context, but that's not it, but the, the time frame. Yeah, no, it's close enough. Yeah. It's just because when I play a game, the point is to not, be here in the present and to turn my brain off so i want to become the character i'm doing and if it's nothing like how it is now the more i will enjoy it rico you look like you wanted to say something before i jump back in here i was gonna say i think you're overthinking the question cj well no (laughs) but uh, 
I think we have gamers that are going to be listening to this, and and their first argument is going to be, well, there's you have to take the style of game into consideration as well, and you know, because. And going back to what I was going to say before we let stuff answer was there's a game out there that's in the past and goes into the future that I like that's nothing like Assassin's Creed or Halo or any of the other games, and that's a game called Civilization, where it's basically mm-hmm. Sim City, but you start off, like you were talking about with that tower defense game, you're not um, cavemen, but I think you start off in like the Greek period, like back in like, you know, 800 something B.C., or whatever, you know, and you work mm-hmm. your way forward through time, and eventually you do things like run into Abraham Lincoln and stuff, because I've seen it now, and that's a completely didn't, different style of game. Didn't Civilization do a board or or card-type game? Um, I, I, I don't know, Steph, to be fair. I can fact-check that since I'm here, but I, I honestly offhand... It sounds offhand, familiar. It sounds like something I've I've encountered before. And it may have. I'm just not as familiar with if they did that. Um, I know they definitely have the game game. The P- It started on the PC, and then eventually it did work its way over to consoles, but it's most mm-hmm. known for its PC life. I discovered uh, the name of that game I was talking about, by the way. Sure. I think it's called Age of War. I'm, I'm bringing oh. it up, and I want to yeah, see yeah. if this is the right one. I get, um, I, I get ads for that all the time in some of the other games that I play, so... It's not, um, I know. I think you think. I think that's a different one. I'm talking. It's something. It may not be Age of War. I'm trying to make sure it's the right one. Hang on. All right, Steph. Steph what's your next question? Well, before we get to the next question, to Steph's point, yes, there is a Civilization card game. Um, I played that. <laughs> I might have to recommend that to uh, to my buddy Mark that I do the Twitch stream on. Because that could be interesting. By the way, I don't know if it's happening, and um, it's really up to Mark, but there's somebody we might be trying to do a fundraiser for. I'm not going to get into the details right now because I don't know how much of that he would want out into the world before or if it happens. We're talking about doing a like an all-weekend-long game marathon fundraiser type thing for this person. So I don't know if we'd be just doing a boatload of board games or video games, but it's going to be like... A bunch of us, like, just rotating through. And Rico, I want to try to bring you into it because he can bring you into his feed on Twitch via the thing. So we might do some live pot of skew for that, oh, which could sure. be fun. But anyway, Steph, did we sufficiently answer the question or does it need more more stuff? Oh, no, no, totally. You guys totally covered it. I was I was just curious what kind of... Okay. I, it, I was curious if my... Um, assumption as to what you guys would choose was correct <laughs> well was it yes <laughs> yeah I, look and, and not in to a take lot of ways you guys are like the opposite of me <laughs> well but i mean don't get me wrong i like a lot of people time to take this submarine back up oh, but it's tax season up there captain you know all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with tax act how did you get april here to remind you that with tax act you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less beats being submerged for another month may captain to your stations we're headed home guess i should probably close that window i opened what kidding switch to tax act today and start for free see taxact.com for details 
Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Future type games, too. I'm trying to think of one. I'm looking at my list of... Like, there's a... All right, there's a, there's a series out there called Deus Ex that's very future that I like mm-hmm. a lot. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, very future... Um, the thing the the issue with Deus Ex is it seems to change game style from se- from not even from series to series but from title to title. Um, the one I enjoy is a third person shooter, and then the next one's a first person one. And then quickly looking at my my list up there, um, Detroit Becoming Humans, another game I like that I have, and that's set thirty years from now, I think. So, um, which isn't like far off in the future, but still future. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only ones I can see from where I'm sitting. Oh, and Mirror's Edge. Well, I didn't say that you guys wouldn't. That you, I, I didn't say that you guys don't play them. It's just I, I pretty much predicted you guys would choose alternate history. <laughs> yeah, as your preferred. Gotcha. If you if you were like you can only pick one. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, what's the next one, Enrico? We'll let you start on that one. I think. Okay. The next one's the songs love. Well, ask the question because I don't have it in front of okay. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, We're so coordinated people, really. Ask, we are. <laughs> the next thing I wanted to ask you guys are um, if you had to choose three songs that represent you, what would they be? Oh fuck! <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this was right, really, really. This was this was really hard for me. I've got a few honorable mentions on the side, but I, I, I really did have to channel it down to three, and that was hard. I don't know if I can. <laughs> Man, I'm pulling on my iTunes right now because I need to. Anyway, Rico, go because I need like an hour. <laughs> um. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put uh, CJ's answer right after the damn it at the end of this episode. Let's It'll be on the next one. episode. <laughs> You're like, hey, Rico, I remember the, I remember my answers. Damn it! And that just goes <laughs> with you telling them. Yeah, I was just gonna say, my my answers might be the damn it this time. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> um, number one. I mean, surprise, surprise. There's at least gonna be one Sinatra song on there. Oh, sure. Um, it, it's one for my baby and one more for the road. Mm-hmm. Which now, see, is my all time. I would have thought my way, honestly. No, no fucking no. around. No, I actually am not overly fond of that song, but okay. I understand the the significance of it. It's it's my way is a song that even Sinatra was like, listen, I I get it. Like it was written with him in mind by Paul Anka, but he he didn't particularly like that song. He he thought it was very self centered. And self um, self serving, and despite how uh, the world looked at Frank Sinatra, he didn't view himself in in the same capacity. So he he just thought it was a very egotistical song, and but he understood the significance and importance of it. 
which is why uh, at some concerts he would say, all right, now we will sing the national anthem, but you don't need to rise. Because that he he understood what that song meant to the general public, what they thought of him. So I I fall in that category where I'm like, eh, if if Frank didn't like it, why the fuck would I like it? So that's fair. And I also feel like you have to really kind of that's a song that you would that I think people who reach sixty or seventy years old, then that song is is in is good enough for them. That's that's a song that is basically your whole life. Now, if you know you're about to die and you're 27, then you could sing that song. But if you are just sort of out living your life to the age of 70, that's what a song. It's a funeral song. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. it, it's kind of a like my dad has told me like when I die, I want you to sing my way at my at my funeral. And I'm like, you're having a funeral? <laughs> like I thought. <laughs> I Sorry, we were, that's just I, not the answer I, we were, I was expecting. I thought we were, we were going to chuck on the fucking hill, Dad. Like my dad, my dad's giving his whole speech about how he, like, when he when he dies, and I said, "Oh, fuck that! We're chucking you down the hill, Dad. Like, let the wolves eat you. You probably prefer it that way." Um. So no, one for my baby, and one more for the road, which is for me one of the most. Uh, perfectly depressing saloon songs that Sinatra did. And mm-hmm. it's, I definitely fall in that category of, of girl that got away the like drinking alcohol, chain smoking kind of, I'm just like, what happened? Like we were, you know, we were doing great and now it's over in a blink of an eye. I, I'm, I can be very, 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 very cynical. And that song, for those, I mean, it starts out with just a perfect, it's a simple piano melody, but it does, it does set the bar, no pun intended, of being in a bar. You totally think, you can imagine Sinatra is at a bar, Jack Daniels in hand, cigarette just hung, like hanging limply by his lips as he's just like trying to wrap his head around what the fuck happened. And I've definitely been in that position many times, either at a bar or in the privacy of my own room. And the recurring theme is, you know, making one for my baby and one more for the road. So pour me another shot, making one for my baby. The one, you know, whether she loves me or not, this, this, this shot is for her. And then I'll have one more for the road. And Sinatra just made it sound even sadder than the lyrics actually are. The lyrics are depressing. Um, and it's all about self-lamenting and, and, and self-awareness. Uh, uh, and, but he, when he performed it, performed it many times, especially he did it when he was really old, like before the end of his life, it's his voice when he got older did not sound great, as it happens with a lot of uh, singers. You hear his voices has that age of Jack Daniels and Camel Cigarettes. Why wouldn't someone who shouldn't someone who is lamenting on their love life sound like they've had too much to smoke and drink? If you're going to have a saloon song, yeah. you should sound like you are in a saloon or that you've just crawled out of one 50 years previously. So that number one is, is, um, will always be my all time favorite song. Uh, there's another song. Well, wait a that minute. Is, wait like, a minute. But it's not just favorite. It's what represents you. Thank you. Beat well, me to rep- it. That represents me. Yeah. 
because I love hard, like really, really fucking hard. And Steph can vouch for that. I mean, I, if Steph and I have a fight, it kind of crushes me. And I'm like, listen, we've got to fix this before we go to bed because I have a rule that I will not go to bed angry with my partner. Yeah, because it'll just that. it'll it'll keep me awake all night, and then the next morning I'm be like, "Hey, are we okay? Are we good?" And it's not just with Steph; it's with anybody I I I value in my life. If it's a friend, if it's a relative, it's you know I um I don't really necessarily know if I believe in the zodiac shit, but I do acknowledge that I am a very fucking emotional guy in every aspect. Whether that means I'm a cancer or not, it doesn't really fucking matter to me. All I know what I am. So I'm I am self aware that I am that love stricken romantic in the ass. So that that song when I was like probably I heard probably her first heard when I was ten years old and it just it just connected to me in a in a major fucking way where I'm like I have that heartache and I've never even been with someone I'm ten the fuck am I but I was heart heavy and heart achy about not having that. I was more love torn about not having love. So I, it connected to me on every fucking level. Um, the other one, the, uh, it's, it's hard. See, whereas you guys have so many to choose from to narrow down. I have, I, I, I love music and I love singing and I love a good goddamn song, but I don't have the, I'm the polar opposite of you two, which is like, I have to really struggle to think what are three because it, 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 I'm I I it would be even harder for me to do it with movies. Whereas like you get the character from High Fidelity, how he has to fucking try and figure out how to make that shit with music. That would be the hardest fucking thing ever for me because I'm like, what are what are ten songs that I really love that connect on me on a personal level? Ten movies for sure. Whereas you guys look at music, I look at movies. So that's that's where this is a huge challenge. Um, but I can say the the upbeat, if, if one for my baby is all depression and love sickness and hurt, there's another song called I'm Going to Live Till I Die, which I do identify. And it is a Sinatra song, but it is upbeat and loud, and there's trumpets and there's bongo drums. And the lyrics are basically, I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh instead of cry. I'm going to take the town and turn it upside down. I'm going to live, live, live until I die. So the lyrics are obviously like, well, no shit. You're going to live until you fucking die. Everyone fucking does that. The lyrics are, but they're catchy. And and, and I kind of identify with like, listen, I don't want to focus on my death. I don't want to think about my death. Every day is another day for me to do whatever the fuck I want. Yes, I've got to go to work. Yes, i got to pay my bills. Yes, I have to do my laundry. But until then... Hallelujah, gonna dance, gonna fly, take a chance, riding high. Before my number's up, I'm gonna fill my cup. I'm gonna live, 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 live until I die. Like it's that's that's the kind of emotion I feel when I'm like, well, you know, yes, I can be depressed, but I can also be very fucking lively and in your goddamn face, or in this context, in your fucking ears. So I identify with that song. <laughs> On the polar fucking opposite of um, what for my baby, because life needs balance. And like I said, I, I don't, I, I have no fucking clue what my third one will be, um, because that's really those two songs kind of capture 
who I am in a nutshell. I mean, there's other honorable mentions like I won't dance because fuck dancing. Um, <laughs> because I'm, I am not a there's, dancer. There's a really good remix version of that song in um, Step Up 3D that I love. They did like a hip hop remix. So it's the original song. So it's like a DJ like twisting it around and adding a beat underneath it. So it's not someone else doing the song and just destroying it, but they made it more, a little more danceable. It's, I, I love that version of that song. I, I think <laughs> the uh, irony of that is it's astounding. <laughs> what's that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear any of that. Nor did I think of our listeners. I said the irony of that is astounding. Why is that irony? I don't dance, but they made the song danceable. <laughs> well, no, it, isn't it called I Can't Dance? I won't dance. I won't dance. Right? I won't, yeah. Don't ask me. I won't yeah. dance. Don't ask me. Yeah. I'm going to find that fucking clip now. I got to show you that. But anyway. I'm more amazed that you saw what was it? Step Up 3D. I'm more impressed oh, with you and I. I love those movies. I have two through oh, seven, I think, or whatever there is, whatever the most recent one is. There's seven of those fucking things. There's at least six. I think it's six. And then there's Holy a series shit. on YouTube, but that's another conversation. Which, by the way, Rico, not to get completely off topic here. I heard this week that YouTube is doing away with their premium service, well, at least to get to their their original content. So they're going to be releasing Cobra Kai to anyone who wants to see it without having to to pay for it. The catch is there will be ads, but you will get the whole episode. See, I told you, it's worth me fucking waiting. Well, yes, suck it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get it for that anyway. Um... Okay, I actually, you sort of inspired me to think of another, I th- this has got to be my third song, because I can't fucking, I got a headache, I can't overdo it uh, by thinking too fucking hard. So, well, don't you, I mean, laugh. there's not much there to fight with anyway, shit, we don't want to. Oh! Where the fuck is your loyalty, Steph? That was a burn! Yeah, where the where is my defense? You're my bodyguard when I got a migraine, bitch. <laughs> hey, don't call her a bitch. That's just wrong. <laughs> Here, we're gonna for the audience. We're gonna pause for a quick second. I'm leaving that in. We'll be right back. <laughs> for those not privy, I just made Steph and Rico watch the sequence from Step Up 3D, and Rico's not speaking to me now. So. <laughs> I don't think you want to hear me say anything. <laughs> that was that was pretty fucking awful. Oh, stop! Mm, no, no, that was pretty fucking awful. They, I, I don't like a fucking remix like that. I don't, I don't like a remix really, for the most part. That would be definitely never on my list. Let's put it that way. All right. I mean, hey, oh, look, I'll put it this way. I can't dance, so I marvel anybody who can fucking dance like that. But the music, they just kind of just... And that's... Not to go off on a tangent, but that's what I love about those movies. Is the dance sequences. They're ridiculous. I wish I could make my body do some of those things. 
I mean, the dancing was great. I just didn't like what they did to that fucking classic. So, um, <sighs> all right. Anyway, yeah. So my number three is not going to be as climactic because I explained both my number one and number two. It's really it's gonna fly now because no song makes me fucking work out harder than the Rocky theme. Oh, okay. I think that's called something else, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, it's called Gonna Fly. Yeah. Okay. And it it's for someone who I mean, you're from fucking Philly. Yeah. Like how is that how that how is that not how is that song not like like your opening mantra? Oh like well you're... no. The <laughs> the song definitely invokes an emotional response. There's no doubt about that. Especially because like that's how so for for those of you who are sports fans, when the Philadelphia Eagles start a game and on every third down on the home games, well, to start the game, they put a sequence up on the big screen in the stadium uh, from Rocky Two, where she's just woken up from the coma and just seen the baby, and she's he says, um, you know, if you don't want me to fight a fight or whatever, I you know, won't do. It. I don't remember the words, and I'm not going to sit there and try to. Do it. But but then. She says, you know what I want you to do? And he goes, what? She gets gets closer and she goes, win. And it builds the Rocky music. And that's how they pump the crowd up at the beginning of every Eagles game. And then that same music from that sequence kicks in at the beginning of every third down to try to like get the crowd up so they can confuse the defense when it's a defensive third down. Or confuse the offense when it's a defensive third down. So believe me, that music is... A big part of my life for multiple reasons. Well, good. I I can appreciate it uh, in a similar way. I mean, not I'm not a a Philadelphia son, but I'm definitely Rocky was a franchise that I grew up loving and watching. Yeah, and it is like you could take any you know rock song or or hip hop song, and that's a good workout uh, soundtrack. But Rocky was always like I would have it like at the beginning. Then the middle and then the end. If I had a playlist that I was listening to, so it keep me motivated. So I like start out like da da da, and then like some other songs. Like all right, no a little jog, and then da 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 halfway through in the in the uh, in the track and everything. Um, it's You're funny gonna... because like you were talking about like the Rocky two. Steph and I just watched Rocky one, Rocky four, Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky six, Creed, because we're trying. I get ready to watch Creed 2, which I think you and I should do a, and maybe with Steph, uh, do a uh, Rocky um, episode. We could, so, I just don't know if I could like, speak how- Creed 2, because I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to see that, to be fair. I don't think I'm going to get to it That's before fair. it leaves theaters, but... Well, so when you were talking about, like, when she was in the Cohen, I'm like, oh, fuck, spoiler! Even though she, like, saw, like, them out of place and like, but in order, she's like, I didn't know Adrian had a fucking coma. Oh, sorry, Steph. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not traumatized by it. I'm fine. I was. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Well, I didn't. I, it's a fucking 35 year old movie at this point, I think. If not longer, I figured <laughs> Stefan had seen it. I'm sorry. No. Uh, someone ruined. Titanic for me, okay? I didn't know that shit was gonna fucking happen. 
fucking hate that movie. I love. So you good? You've done your three songs, Rico. Yes, please save me from this question. I know you. I, I they're very good questions, but I can't answer anymore. Yes, Give me Steph, an incomplete. You, go ahead. You go next because I'm still fighting with my list. Okay, so for me, I I listen to a wide variety of songs, and um, you can pretty much tell the mood that I'm in by the songs that I choose. So it was really really hard for me to to pick three that are that I would say represent me the best but if i had to um my number one song would be uh the impossible dream it's in the man uh i think it's the man de la mancha uh, or it's from la mancha, but it, it means the same thing there's so, a couple variations on the title but it's the don quixote story it's, it's man, man of la mancha man from la mancha and then then yeah. And then the Spanish one is, uh, yeah, you're, you're fine, Steph. It's all the same. So the one that I grew up listening to was the Peter O'Toole version mm. of the movie adaptation of, um, of the story. So uh, in The Impossible Dream, if, if anyone doesn't know what that's all about, it's basically Man of La Mancha is this old man who became obsessed reading about knights and decided that in his in his later years of his life, he was going to be a knight. And um, he has a friend, Sancho, who he dubs as a squire, and he goes around pretending to be a knight. But he does it with such sincerity that everyone thinks he's just crazy. And there's this long song that Peter O'Toole uh, sings, and it best represents his his goal of life, which is to always reach for the impossible, always do good. So uh, the reason why I chose the impossible dream was because the second that I heard it, it was like something struck a chord within me. And it was the best representation of my moral compass that I never really had. I didn't grow up under any denomination. I didn't, uh, we weren't religious in any way growing up. And so my mom was just teaching us right from wrong and being able to identify which is right and what is wrong. And, you know, just to leave, leave the room better than you found it kind of mentality and do that yeah. with, with people and with life. And so when I heard the song, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is me. I, this is, this is what I live. This is my moral compass. And so it was really striking for me to hear that in the movie with Peter O'Toole. Um, my second song would be My Romance. It, it mm-hmm. represents uh, the way that I love. That Who's that by? It's the person. It's the person that matters. Nothing else. But- I don't need to have an ambience. I don't need to have money. I don't need to have any of that. Right, but who's that by? Who'd Go you- ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just want to know who that's by. I'm not familiar with that song. Who is it by? Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I, well, there's, there's so many covers. Like, I don't know who the original singer is, but it's, um, my romance doesn't have to have a moon in the sky. My romance doesn't have a blue lagoon standing by. 
And it just goes on with this long list of things that are expected. Every time you watch a romance movie, you're supposed to have certain music, certain settings, certain, you know, things about you. And in the song, it's like, but I don't need any of that. The only thing that matters is having you in my life. And that's how I love. And that's, that is what matters to me more than anything else. Um, and then my third song is Imagine. Because that's my political compass. <laughs> wow. That's... Yeah. Shit. That one I have. <laughs> I'm not going to play it, but um, I, I have it. Uh, my honorable mention is Anthem from the play Chess. Uh, the play Chess is basically this competition movie of ch uh, professional chess people and from other countries that come together. And if I remember correctly, like one of them is from Russia or from Germany or something like that. And that competitor is singing about how he doesn't have borders that he calls home. And so um, he says that the land that he grew up on, the land that he lived in, is his nation. Whether or not there were, there's a flag, there's a, a you know, a country name to it. Uh, none of that matters. It, all that matters is that he can feel his home, even though he's not there. And uh, so that would have been my honorable mention. Um, Moon Dance is another one. That's another romancy song. And then a couple of songs from Simon and Garfunkel, like Sound of Silence and Patterns, which is all about. Sound of Silence stuff. is so good. Have you heard the Disturbed cover of that? Disturbed's cover of yeah. Sound of Silence? No, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I know, I'm too Steph, much a it's, it's, <laughs> and, and I respect that, but it's first off, it's 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 done with reverence to the original. <laughs> it's not, you know, let's just take it and make it a Disturbed song. If if you want, when we're done all this, I'll play it for you so you can hear it because it's really good. It it really is. He he really pays a lot of homage to that song. Um, that's a really good song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, Simon and Garfunkel, they also did this song called Patterns. And yeah. it's, um, it's, it's how... Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Dutch's potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. The Western culture has set up a construct of how you live your life and that you just go from one pattern to the next and you have to check them off in your life. And uh, that really struck a chord with me because it's like, on the one hand, I, I want to be a good citizen. I want to conform. But on the other hand, I don't want to be a drone and I don't want to be stuck under this expectation. And so it's, it's the duality of my life <laughs> in one yeah. song. Um, you know, Steph, if if there ever comes a time where we are all in the same proximity <laughs> that we can get together, there's a thing that you and I have to watch. And Rico, you should watch it with us too, but I don't know that you would enjoy it as much. But it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 25th anniversary concert. And they take all the artists up to that point, but they... they blend them together like at one point um going back to your sound of silence 
Paul Simon's pers- performing with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and then they drop off, and Simon Garf or, or our Garfunkel comes out with him, and and they do a couple songs, but then James, you know, and then there's James Taylor that plays with Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and then like it's the Rolling Stones with some of the Black Eyed Peas, but it's really and, and so it's not all inductees, but it's primarily <laughs> inductees, um, and it's right after Michael Would Jackson died. Black Eyed Peas. What's that? If you had the Rolling Stones, the Black Eyed Peas, what they call it, in it, Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Well, it was also with you too, so it was a really inter- that was an interesting combination. But then, like, it's also right after Michael Jackson died, so Stevie Wonder mm-hmm. performs, and they actually do a Michael Jackson cover, and he loses it, like he he breaks down mid song, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because nobody gave it. Like, he only lost it for ten seconds, but it's. It's obvious, and when he comes back around, the crowd like erupts, and and not because he came back around, but as much as just to say, "Hey, man, we're like here, we get it," you know, because he and Michael were real close. So it's it's just a really cool concert stuff. You you would really appreciate Rico. I think you would like it too. But I know stuff you would like super appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just because of the the blending, can I uh, jump in and can I uh, uh, replace one of my picks? No, because stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nope, they're set in stone. To. You're stuck. No, go ahead, Rico. <laughs> e shit. Um, <laughs> you, you, you both kind of inspired it in really weird, roundabout places. Uh, CJ, when you were showing us your screen, there was a thing that said like the top ten Gene Wilder performances, and then Steph, yeah. you said Imagine, and I'm like, holy shit, pure imagination by Gene Wilder. Oh. Yeah, from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Wonka. Yeah, because that, I mean, one, that was like a kid's so- like kid song in a kid's movie that I watched relentlessly, and like that was one of my all-time favorite parts was that, that I mean, the part where he sings is just fantastic. But also, it's just all about pure imagination, and I definitely had that as a kid. And I think a little bit of me is always trying to get that back because I do want to use my imagination because I love my imagination, but you know, reality sort of checks in from time to time. It slaps imagination out the window. I am about to right. lose the only listener we have left and destroy our friendship, but I like the Johnny Depp version better. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> Okay, uh, I I am uh, I'm with <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I like the original <laughs> one with Gene Wilder. I do. I like that movie yeah, a lot. But <laughs> for those who can't see, Rico just took off his headphones. He can't even hear me right now. Oh, they're back. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. All right. All joking aside, all questions, bullshit. I need you need to explain. Both of you need to explain this shit. Well, okay. For for me, have you have you I'm read the book? Adding a fucking question to the questionnaire. I want some fucking answers. <laughs> have you read the book, <laughs> Rico? What? Have you read the book? Yeah. The book is super fucking dark. Super fucking yeah. dark. And I felt like yeah, the. He doesn't fuck around. I felt like Johnny Depp's 
the version Tim Burton. It's really Tim Burton. I should give Tim Burton the credit, not Johnny Depp. But I felt like the Tim Burton one hit the vibe of the book closer than the Gene Wilder one, Gene Wilder one did. Now I like I like that movie. Don't get me wrong. I like that Gene Wilder movie. I've watched it probably a hundred times myself. But in terms of if you're going to make an adaptation of from a book, the the Tim Burton Johnny Depp one hits the mark closer. I mean, I will agree with that, and I do agree with that. I still think you're an idiot and an asshole. <laughs> and an asshole! <laughs> I get the idiot, maybe, but why am I an asshole? <laughs> because now uh, I'm speaking, so I can call you whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to no, like me uh, less. I did not like the movie ever. I saw it twice, and no. I did not like the Gene Wilder version at all. The only thing good about that was the song. Well, <laughs> Steph, uh, Washington, right? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the end of the Rico and Stephanie relationship. Um, now, this was our first attempt at Steph Askew, and now it's the last. Fuck you all. <laughs> I know where you live, Steph. <laughs> Uh, poor bastard. <laughs> uh, all right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just stay up here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you want to be in the cold, that's fine. <laughs> Was it cold up there? <laughs> wow. All right. So, uh, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> At least I gave him an answer he could agree with. <laughs> did you uh, come up with the three songs, or do you need some more time? So, the first thing I have to say about this question, and please know that it, especially after the conversation we just literally had, this is not serious in any way, but fuck you for coming up with this question. Um <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's pretty diabolical, isn't it? it it's very diabolical. Because all right, um, oh, giggle the match, no less. Steph, thank you. Yeah, I because I've always <laughs> used music to describe how I'm feeling. So when you ask to pick three songs that encompass me as a whole, that's hard to do because my moods are ever changing, as is everybody's. But so are the songs that fit those moods and and express what I'm thinking, feeling, and and potentially are being at that time. So you know, to pick three that would fit all the time are, are really kind of difficult. Um, I'm going to give you three because you asked for three, but I'm going to add the caveat that if you ask me the same question a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, you may not get the same answer and oh well. So, but hey, well, we you will know, never... uh, yeah. no, you... how, how I, uh, how I brought how I answered the question was, a moral compass, how I live my life, and a political compass, because there's no way that I could choose three songs that fit my moods, like how you were talking about. There's just right. no way. It's, right. it's impossible. So, I, I can't even like slim it down to a hundred. I could do right. that exactly. I agree with you. So you you really you really and and 
I asked for this blind episode, for lack of a better word, so I'm okay with not having had the time to really put in researching this, because if I did, believe me, I would have gone, I would have spent three hours cycling through my iTunes. Um, <laughs> but I do think I have three, and I think I can at least give reasonable answers for them, and who knows, maybe they will maintain for the, the future. Um, so the only thing I can tell you and the only rule, if you will, that I'm going to break is I'm not going to give them to you in any particular order. I'm just going to give them to you and I don't have an order. I can't, I can't order these three. I, I just don't think I can do it. Um, That's fine. I, I, I just put them in order. You didn't have to. That wasn't okay. a stigma. Would, see, but I'm, I'm, I'm a high fidelity guy. So when you tell me top three, I have to then put them in some kind of order. When you phrase something like top three, top five, top ten, I then have to order them in an order or it will bug me. And I'm incapable of doing that this time. So, Well, let's consider these three that you are chosen are top of the thousands that you could have. So That'll work. They, so That in itself is enough. <laughs> um, I guess we'll start with one by Metallica, which is well the song itself is about a war veteran who has come back from war damaged physically damaged and basically just wants to die because he's trapped in a he's trapped in a body he'll never be able to use again is the basic premise of the song and also the video they they used for it it is a movie and the song might be inspired by the movie for all I know but I, and I don't know, surprisingly, considering how much Metallica knowledge I do have. Um, Enrico, we've never really fully elaborated on my disability on this show before, and and I don't not gonna do it tonight either. But I am, if you were gonna scale out people's disabilities, I'm closer to the top of the scale in that I don't look that, and I hate this word, but broken. You know, you see me walking down the street, I got a bit of a limp and stuff, but it, it's kind of a double-edged sword because with the disability being at a, like a, like a one or two versus, you know, other people, I, I do okay. And the double-edged sword of it is like, it's, I'm so close to not having something like this that the things I want to do are basically within my grasp and I can't do anything about it. And that's very frustrating to me. Um, and I do feel trapped in my body sometimes because of that. Because my mind will knows how to do the things I want to do, but I can't get it to control my body enough to do those things. Does that make sense? It, that does make sense to me. Um, I have a similar, definitely far less degree than yours, but I grew up playing piano. And my mind knows what my hands need to do more than my hands can do it. And that frustration is just deflating. <laughs> Very much. So, you know, take that frustration you're having with the piano and paint it across all of your life. You know, like yeah. all aspects. And, and that's where I am. So there's a lot of times I do feel trapped in my body. Now, to... A more intense degree in the song the guy wants to die i don't want to die but that trapped feeling i i can 
relate to, and that's a constant feeling. So that's why I picked that one. Um, it also helps that it's by one of my favorite bands of all time, but the context of the song is the more important mm-hmm. part of the choice. What's that, Rico? I said the Wiggles. The Wiggles, yeah. That's it. Um, song number two for me would be 46 and 2 by Tool. Um, 46 and 2 is a song about how you're always changing as a person and you're, you're trapped in your own skin, but you're changing your skin to not feel trapped. And it, that is a feeling I have a lot, not because of what we were just talking about with the last song about physical limitations, but just never feeling comfortable in my own skin because I don't. Um, you know, I, you know, for 29 episodes up to this point, I think if my math is right, um, you know, I put on a good show. And for however many episodes we do after this, I will. But for a moment of vul- of vulnerability... Yeah, I don't feel comfortable in my own skin a lot of the time. And I'm constantly trying to change how I do things and why I think things and how I think things um, generally to make myself a better person. So for what that's worth, it's not, you know, a negative in that I'm (laughs) trying to do bad things. But that would be a feeling that I have on a regular basis. And that's a lot of what that song is about. At least that's how I interpret the lyrics. Um you know, and mm-hmm. and so I feel like that that is a fitting song. Um, and then, it, guys, I obviously um, our audience doesn't know that we stopped using cameras, so I can't see you guys. If you have comments, please interrupt because I can't tell. <laughs> hey, I, I know what it's like. I, I know what it's like to not feel like because I'm in my mindscape a lot. I'm in my mind's eye. A good majority of my consciousness when I, during the day and when I get a glimpse of me the real me like in a mirror me it's vastly different than my mindscape me <clears throat> I can understand you feeling like who you are who you who is visibly you to the rest of the world does not equally represent who you think you are yeah and for what that's worth, Steph, I'm glad you put it the way you did because, like, I actively avoid video cameras because I hate oh, seeing I don't, myself. I don't, I don't take pictures of myself. It's really P- rare. Pictures I don't mind so much because they're stills, but I do understand what you're saying, so I'm not judging or being critical. But I, I, I also avoid walking past reflective surfaces if I can help it. <laughs> um... I mean, you can't help it sometimes. I don't, like, go out of my way, but I don't like it. And yet, I can't help but look. Like, you could easily just not look, but I mm. can't. <laughs> I can't not, you know, so. I uh, I went through something similar, except I forced myself to, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I, like, we all, mo- most of us usually go through, we go through some low form of self-esteem and, some of us get bullied. Some of us, uh, you know, just the wrong sense can completely change your perception of how you look at yourself. And when I was about, I mean, I was bullied when I was a little kid, but there was one coworker I had that I worked with in, uh, when I was, you know, a teenager at the first job I worked at. 
And he said something to me that just really affected me in my teen years as well as my early adult years, which was he said I looked like I had Down syndrome. Wow. And I'd always kind of thought that, but not as rampant. Like, I always kind of looked at myself like there was something wrong. Like, my eyes were too beady. My, I, when I laugh really hard or smile really genuine, my, my lower jaw tucks under. So I kind of have an overbite. And it kind of looks like the <laughs> kind of face. Like, there's no other way of describing it apart. You kind of, I kind of look like a Simpsons character when I laugh really hard. <laughs> I, I, no I've had you laughing pretty good before, and I've never taken that opinion, but sure. Because I learned to really kind of mask it. Like, we all, if we have a song that we're not fond of, we learn to hide it or we learn to mask it. Sure. Um, I I will usually do a smirk or a grin or, or something, or I'll emphasize with the eyebrows because that takes away from my smile. Or you'll just turn your head tall altogether so you don't get that perspective. Or I'll cover my mouth. Um, so there's, there's multiple ways. And this fucking idiot, when he said that shit to me, it really just knocked me down. So I can, I can understand that. And then I had another coworker at another job and she was my manager. And she told me that I looked like a pedophile with down syndrome. Wow. Jesus. And she, it was that type of comment where it was like, she and, she and I were very clear that we were not friends because she flat out would like just make working uh, place I worked that really awkward. And she ultimately was the one who fired me. It was because of a fuck up. You know, I was told diff- it doesn't matter. But she, I got fired, and she had to, and she fired me. But it was it, she. I could see that she had some sort of pleasure from it. Right. The irony that she ended up working for a relative of mine. So that was interesting um but hearing those comments and having that affect the the way that i am the way that i look i would actually kind of force myself to look in the mirror and try and find little things that i do like so that every time i look in the mirror i don't want to fucking kill myself or every time i see myself on video or or a photo i don't want to fucking just scream in terror and rage and 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 um heartbreak so i would actually kind of have to like stare like i don't i don't do it in front of stephanie i don't do it in front of michael i don't do it in front of really anybody but there'll be periodically sometimes i'll just look in the mirror and just kind of like give myself a little pep talk without saying anything you know that you know that classic meeting where like it shows someone look in the mirror and be like you are wise you are kind you are beautiful oh i kind of do that without without saying anything i'm just kind of looking and be like you know what your facial hair looks really fucking good today. And even if it's just the little things like that, like, you know what? Your eyes, you've got some intense fucking brown in those eyes, Rico. Like, keep it up. You've got some good looking eyes. Your smile sucks, but at least you got some fucking smiling eyes. So All I had right. to kind of work through that. And so I, I understand a little of wanting to get out of your own fucking skin a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that one. And then on this next one, I, I'm going to bring it up because the last two kind of brought things down a little bit. But um, this one, Rico, actually, yeah. this decision was kind of inspired by you a little bit, to be fair. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a good thing. But it it 
it's based on something you've said to me about me a few times. Um, and, and when we've been talking seriously, not when you're busting my stones or, or fucking with me, but it's, um, it's, I believe by Stevie Wonder, which is, um, Rico, the, it's technically, I believe, but then it's in parentheses when I fall in love. So it's the song from the credits from High Fidelity. Uh huh. And I think that's true because I, I, I really am a romantic. We've talked about that and I've been searching for love my entire life. So I feel like that defines who I am because I, I always felt, listen, I, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, Rico, but I, when I, before Deb, when I would get in relationships, I'd fall fast and hard and usually end up destroyed. And so I feel like, well, that's a negative, that comment that the overall, you know, I, I just believe, and and I think that fits who I am. Now, I'm in my relationship with Deb, and things are good, so that won't be anything new going forward. But you know, here we are. So I, I, I was. I thought you were about to like come out to me and tell me like, "Hey, get rid of Stephanie, move out to Jersey, <laughs> we'll make a life together." Well, I, I'm always your backup plan, man. You know that. So. <laughs> I think Michael oh, I might have to like have a couple words with you about that. Hey, <laughs> hey, you're my hetero life mate. Damn it! Too bad on Michael. That's all I'm saying. He was he was there before you though. He's definitely hey, the. Did he use the title hetero life mate? I think he said you're my number one faggot. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally hundred percent, Michael. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything to say after that. So, what's the next question, Steph? <laughs> <laughs> Hiya, everyone. Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podescu. Oh, yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout-out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now, so send an email request to podeskew at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at M underscore Blade, and he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole EP, Plan 9. Also, let's give a big thanks to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Podeskew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts. Or you may prefer Google Play Music. Don't want to be strapped down by an app? Then find us on podcast search engine, Listen Notes. Type in P-O-D a-S-K-E-W, yes, that's all one word, into any of the aforementioned searches, and Podeskew will pop right up on whatever screen you're using. And of course, there's our founding site that started it all, Podcast Garden, at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash Podeskew. By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter for the show at pod askew for Rico at rants Rico. And again, CJ is at M underscore blade 
finally, let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. I want to dance. I want to dance. Why should I? I want to dance. How could I? If I hold you in my arms, I want Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud.